welcome back to Down to Mars and happy April. There's lots of exciting things going on within the city specific to tech. And I hope that each of our listeners will be able to attend some of the awesome events going on this month and the next of which I'll be sharing a bit more about later on in the episode. But before we dive in to the main content, of course, we must start with our shooting star of the day. Today's shooting star features Marie Van Britten Brown, who invented the first home security system. Although she was a full-time nurse, she recognized the security threats to her home and devised a system that would alert her of strangers at her door and contact relevant authorities as quick as possible, which is pretty cool. Her original invention consisted of things like cameras, peepholes, monitors, two-way microphones, and the finishing touch was an alarm button that when pressed would immediately contact the police. Her patent laid the groundwork for the modern closed circuit television system that is now widely used for surveillance, home security systems, push button alarm triggers, crime prevention, and traffic monitoring. And she kind of reminds me of myself because I love to take or to make gadgets and I'm always super paranoid about people coming in and out of my house. So I think that I would have definitely been doing the same thing that she was during that time for sure. She's another hidden figure and our shooting star, Marie Van Britten Brown. Today's tech topic is open source education. Whenever I tell people they should learn how to code or start exploring the tech industry for careers, they often say, tech is not for me, it's not my thing, or I don't have the money to get that kind of education. And they're always so surprised to learn that I once felt the same way and found a way in the tech space by following my passion and using the many resources around me. The advancement of technology has now democratized platforms and democratized knowledge. So more and more people have access to information, educational platforms as well, and open source software that allows them to create whatever they want. So here are some amazing platforms you'll want to explore if you're interested at all in getting into the tech space in any capacity. The first on the list is my personal favorite, Coursera. So Coursera has partnered with leading universities in the United States and around the world to provide online courses that cover dozens and dozens of subjects. I've used them to learn more about machine learning uh, when I was getting my um, grad school education in computational science course era was absolutely clutch and actually helped me to write my thesis on um, veteran mental health. So definitely try out course era. Another one is lynda.com. So lynda.com is an online education space that offers a subscri subscription-based video tutorial library. So it's kind of like Netflix. It's an education-based Netflix. And it's a great option for people who are visual learners. And it's it comes at a very reasonable cost of $25 per month. So if you're looking for sort of a Netflix kind of model for education, lynda.com is the one you want to look at. And then we've got Udemy. With an average of 800 new courses added to their repertoire every single month, Udemy is slightly more expensive than its competitors. So the costs vary broadly, ranging from $10, which is you know, very little, 
for great um, courses, all the way to $500, which is obviously a little bit more pricey. The most popular Udemy courses are typically within business and technology, of course, um, and they tend to be upwards from $100, so keep that in mind. And then we have Udacity. Udacity is a platform with a very strong focus on technology. If you're looking to break into data science, which, let me tell you, is really hot right now, very lucrative industry, then Udacity is probably the place you want to go. Udacity's data science program has a really impressive roster of teachers uh, from companies like Salesforce and Facebook. And then we have Khan Academy. Khan Academy helped me in my uh, undergrad years. So Khan Academy is a nonprofit online platform providing a completely free library of educational micro lectures is what they call it. So it focuses on traditional academic subjects. Um, so if you're diving into computer science, for instance, you'll find very quickly that it's very useful to have um, a really good foundational understanding of mathematics um, and Khan Academy really helps with that. So they helped me when it came to, um, you know, taking Calculus 1 and Calculus 2. I think I would not have graduated without Khan Academy. I definitely owe them <laughs> because Khan Academy saved me big time. And then there's Code Academy, which is a big favorite of mine. So Code Academy was previously backed by the White House during better years. Um, code Academy is dedicated to teaching people how to code, basically. So if you're, if your um, only goal is just learning the fundamentals of how to code, Code Academy is the one you need to use. Okay. So um, I wanted to pick up Python about a year ago and I went to Code Academy and I kid you not within like two, three weeks, I felt like I was like, pretty fluid in, in Python. So uh, Code Academy, I definitely stand by. And then there's Block, which focuses on web development. Block is a more intensive option for those who want to learn really, really quickly. Um, instead of short courses or lectures, this highly structured program runs for 25 hours per week over several months. Um, this one's a bit expensive. So this one starts at around... Um, it's it requires a tuition really uh, four thousand two hundred and fifty dollars so it's not cheap but the education is really really good and then there's one called diversity or iversity I don't know how to pronounce it um, but it's basically held as the course era of Europe um, and it's partnered with a lot of European and international universities. Um, some of my international friends um, shared this one with me. Um, but unlike Coursera, it doesn't really uh, provide any official certification, which is one of the reasons why I really love Coursera, because you can get um, certifications from some of the classes that you take, and you really leverage that on your resume. So, yes, that is my top list for um, online learning platforms. So I hope that you guys will consider exploring them and sort of expanding your horizons in tech. There's tons of information out there to help you navigate the tech space, and it costs very little. It's really just up to you to explore. Now, a little while back, I was on a panel where we talked a lot about how technology is really for everyone and giving people the power to connect tech with their passion. It was an ex an awesome experience to be on a panel with such amazing women, and we had a very 
powerful discussion. I, I personally learned a lot, and I'm sure you will too. So let's tune in. Also live streaming this live at four universities. And we're targeting, yes, that's awesome. And we're targeting black youth in technology specifically. So those universities include Marquette University, which one is, is one of our data science institute partners as well, and University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, which is also our, our NMDSI partner, as well as more, I'll say it, Morehouse, Morehouse. College in Atlanta, nice. Georgia, and Howard University in Washington, DC. So shout out, so we have students representing technology all across the country. Now I'll introduce my panel here. So first we have Keisha Howard. Keisha has been a video game enthusiast since childhood. Growing up geeky resulted in her developing interests that were very direct, different from her peers on Chicago's South Side. She studied psychology and communications at DePaul University, where she acquired an understanding of consumer motivations that ultimately led to real estate. Over her decade-long career, Keisha has worked on a variety of con commercial and private real estate projects. After discovering that a considerable part of the industry's consumer and professional demographics were not being represented, Keisha created Sugar Gamers, which we'll talk about a little bit more tonight or today. It began as a women's advocacy and networking group for consumers and professionals but eventually blossomed into an organization that advocated for all demographics who were underserved and not being represented, such as minorities and people from the LBGTQ plus community. So welcome, Keisha. Thanks. So Keisha. Next, we have Nadia Johnson, who currently works at GE Healthcare and is a technical product manager in data analytics. She graduated from Marquette University, and we have some of your uh, Marquette on the line as well, with a master's in computational science and is currently pursuing a PhD with a focus on computational science and mental health. Nadia's research has granted her recognition at several conferences around the globe, including Omicon Conference in Japan. Her current career at GE Healthcare continues to cultivate her passion for uniting healthcare and technology. Nadia's passion for diversity in STEM led her to launch her startup business, Jet Constellations. Jet Constellation is a local startup hub that promotes, that promotes STEM education in Milwaukee. It consults tech-oriented startups and builds a nourishing ecosystem of techies and entrepreneurs. As a founder, Nadia aims to rebrand Milwaukee as the Milky Way a tech hub representative of Milwaukee's diverse population. Nadia, on a fun part, Nadia, Nadia enjoys painting, <laughs> teaching, computer science in her free time. She currently sells her art in pop-up shops at local art fairs. Um, and when she isn't painting or working in the community, she is spending quality time with her family. So welcome, Nadia. Now we have our very own Sharon Butler. Sharon joined Northwestern Mutual in August of 2005 and is currently an engineer manager. She's an advocate for her teams as she promotes and supports agile, lean culture, and self-organizing self teams. Over her 25-year career, 
Sharon has led a variety of IT leadership and technical positions spanning strategy, system development, and support, as well as infrastructure and operations. Sharon has a bachelor's degree in computer science and a master's degree in management and human resources. Sharon is a servant leader and has a passion for people. Sharon loves spending her time with her family. She and her husband, David, have three children. They love road trips and playing family <laughs> games. And in her free time, she enjoys reading, tennis, golfing, biking, and volleyball. She is very involved in her faith and community church, where she has served as a leader of various church committees and ministries, such as church boards of director, marriage ministry, hospitality, and prison ministries. Welcome, Sharon. And last but not least, we have our very own at Northwestern Mutual, Tiffany Dillon. Prior to joining Northwestern Mutual in 2005, Tiffany held several roles at We Energies, including database development. Tiffany started her career at Northwestern Mutual as an application analyst in compliance and is currently an assistant director of engineering within the Enterprise Information Risk Cybersecurity Department. Tiffany graduated from UWM, so we're also representing UWM today as well, with a bachelor's in business administration with a specialization in MIS. She's been married for 20 years, has twin sons and currently that are currently in college, and in her spare time, she loves crafting and creative projects, especially scrapbooking. So thank you and welcome, Tiffany. All right. So now you heard a little bit about our panel. They're all phenomenal women with great backgrounds. And now we're going to ask them a little bit about themselves and get a little closer look. So first, we'll talk about career. So we'll start, since Keisha here, as far as career tips, what is your leadership style and philosophy when you think of that? Um, well, I mean, definitely as a, as a leader, um, the fact that you're putting your team members first, the fact that you are empathetic to the people who are helping you realize a goal is uh, probably the first and foremost thing about leadership that I feel is important. Um, as a matter of fact, that question was just asked of me uh, recently by another business owner because she had high turnover. And the reason why is because she looked at people like tools and people are human beings with feelings and lives and, and dreams. And if you don't sort of bring yourself to the level of like what people are aspiring to, then you're really missing out on like the most fulfilling aspect of being a leader, which is seeing everyone grow with you. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks. The next one I'll, I'll ask um, Nadia. This one will be around technology. So you have a lot of technology. You started your own uh, startup around technology. So how did technology become your interest? That is a really good question. So <laughs> um, two parts. Definitely representation. So my father is a software engineer. And uh, he saw me being the nerdy individual <laughs> that I was in high school, uh, toying around with the Rubik's Cube. And because he had that um, computing uh, background, he was able to make the connection and say, hey, you know what? You like algorithms. You might be good at programming, computer science. And I thought, okay, I trust this man. <laughs> um, so let's give it a go. <laughs> you know, let's give it a go. But I think that that's, um, it's really telling of how important representation is, right? Mm -hmm. Because one,
There are some individuals that don't have uh, a father figure, someone they trust that can direct them into um, computer science like I did. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the second thing is, well, the obvious, right? So why did Jesse James rob the bank? That's where the money is. <laughs> and so, um, it, you know, my father was convincing me, hey, change your major um, um, to computer science. Uh, he definitely mentioned that, you know, this is a skill that you could certainly, um, you know, get some moolah. <laughs> so I was, um, you know, pretty interested in that aspect as well. And so that's how I ended up being in um, computer science and and now I feel like I must advocate uh, for others so that they know um, the importance of computer science now and in the future. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. That's good. Yes, Sharon. The next one I'll ask, I'll ask you is, when you hear about coding, but what are some of the other facets of technology that most people aren't aware of? So coding is definitely a huge piece of technology. Um, and that is a path that I actually picked on my own is being a computer programmer. Um, but there are so many different areas and different facets that people can really explore when it comes to technology and the field of technology. And so some of the ones I think about is like a network um, technician or a network specialist who actually just kind of, you know, modify and actually troubleshoot the systems, you know, from hardware or software and able to, you know, to communicate that and work with the business from that perspective. Um, another one is cybersecurity is another huge one, and Tiffany can give you probably more information on that than I can. However, in the world that we live in, and I'm sure that all of you can relate to hearing, you know, data breach and different people getting their data stolen or their, even their identity stolen. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, we need to protect our data, protect our systems. And so cybersecurity is another area that will help us, you know, protect ourselves and to protect us against cyber attacks. So those are two areas that I would see and say are very crucial, I would say, today and in the world today and even as we move forward, so. Okay, all right, great, thank you. And then, Tiffany, um, just to you, she'd mentioned a little bit about cybersecurity. I know that's, that's your background and you also had other backgrounds prior to coming to NM. If you want to talk a little bit about what you do with cybersecurity and then a little bit about your background. Can you hear me? Okay. So my background is a lot with data as well as application development. So protecting data is huge. But from a cybersecurity standpoint, when she mentioned that these are areas that people should also pay attention to, they're also an area where we have a low pipeline. So we don't have a lot of people that can fulfill these positions. And these are high paid positions that yes, she's talking about money. Yes, they are. <laughs> but we don't have the skill set and the talent to fill the jobs as they're coming up. So mm -hmm. a lot of places are expanding their cybersecurity space, their footprint for securing this information, but we don't have the talent. So sometimes they're building within but they don't have a lot that they can pull from um, that's available. So mm -hmm. my current area, I focus on identity and access. So identity and access management is just one piece of cybersecurity where you actually look at how we uh, create and protect and give access to people in, inside our um, organization and how we remove that access. So that's huge because you can be breached by your own information. So someone leaving access out here or insider um, threat in situation where someone's upset because they don't have a job, but their access and their identity is still out there longer than it should be. Mm -hmm. What if they let somebody know, hey, I have this information and this is how you can access our stuff. And if we don't do a good job at protecting it and cleaning it up, identity and access is huge from that standpoint. Okay, awesome. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
So Keisha, back to you. Um, you, know, you started your company, um, Sugar Gamer. So if you want to maybe just get a little bit of overview of really how, how that got started. We talked a little bit about how it initially got started, kind of where you are, and kind of what you have next coming up on Sugar Gamers. Um, oh, gosh. So uh, I've always been a gamer. I've been a gamer since I was 10 years old, but I just never knew that I had uh, opportunity in that space. I never saw black people represent it. I never saw women represent it. And gaming is a billion dollar industry next to entertainment. So everyone wants to be an actress or a producer or a director and so on and so forth. But people don't understand that there are just as many opportunities in 3D animation, gamification, so on and so forth. So um, during the recession in 2009 <laughs> is when I started Sugar Gamers because Sugar, uh, game, game, gaming and gamification has always been a thread throughout my life of something that helped me with creative thinking. My older brother used gaming to teach me how to read. And a lot of people have misconceptions about how gaming is just entertainment. But gaming is actually how we learn. Uh, and you know, if we take it to the, its most basic concept, kids learn through play. And uh, for some reason, when we become adults, we no longer take that seriously, even though that's how we learn. Um, so like with all these technologies coming out with uh, um, automation, artificial intelligence, and robotics, uh, a lot of those things are sort of tested through games mm -hmm. first. So like uh, right now, in addition to um, uh, Sugar Gamers, I also am working as a de market development manager for HTC Vive, so that's virtual reality. And um, I also work in augmented reality. And those are going to be the next waves of how we communicate. And it's just very important to me mm -hmm. that demographics of uh, you know, um, black and brown people, of women, aren't left behind in the conversation because we're not socializing our children to understand that these things that they consume, they can also work in and also have a career in. Mm -hmm. So what's next is, you know, instead of just, you know, um, being like, oh, gaming is fun, uh, you know, continue to amplify the voices of our team members so that people can see all the opportunities that are that are here and what's next. The, the actual innovations is not PlayStation, but it's virtual reality. It's augmented reality and what what opportunities are in that space. Um, and I guess one last thing is. If you, can, if you can work in the gaming industry, uh, you can work in most tech fields because gaming is a, a lot more broad. So you have to be creative in addition to being technical, in addition to understanding the end user. So that those, those skill sets can go to other tech jobs. Okay. Awesome. All right, thank you. And then next, actually, that's a great transition to, to Nadia with Jet Constellation. So... I know you started Jet Constellations, and you've also partnered a lot. So a lot of people have probably seen your face around Northwestern Mutual. Yes. If you want to talk a little bit about your collaboration with Northwestern Mutual and some of the activities that you're currently working on. Sure. So um, just to ground ourselves in what Jet Constellations is, it functions as a local concierge tech startup hub, which is um, a really long, drawn-out way of saying that we help take, um, take people's ideas to the next level. Um, in the tech space. And, um, you know, I started it primarily uh, because of just uh, the underrepresentation that I've uh, witnessed 
throughout my entire journey um, in STEM, uh, from you know, mentorship to academia, the corporate space, research, you name it. And these, uh, this lack of representation posed as barriers, right? And I think that the straw that really broke the, uh, the camel's back was, you know, uh, in 2017, I, um, I went to a ser one event from Startup Milwaukee Week, and I noticed that there just wasn't a lot of representation there as well. And I, I wanted to make sure that as Milwaukee's transforming into a tech hub, that black and brown people, underrepresented folks, are a part of the conversation. And... Um, it's really telling. I like to tell the story because um, a year later, Jet Constellation spearheaded the first inaugural diversity track for Start of Milwaukee Week. And I think that, you know, just sharing that sort of, um, it really highlights how impactful it could be to sort of, you know, make that leap and be the change that you want to see. So I'm grateful for organizations like Startup Milwaukee Week and Northwestern Mutual uh, for understanding the importance of highlighting diversity in Milwaukee's um, Tech Hub initiative. And I'm working with um, the great folks here at Northwestern Mutual to spearhead their um, diversity work stream in that space. Um, so there's a lot of things that I'm planning, um, particularly for Jet Constellations around hackathons, um, perhaps a, a festival in the, in the upcoming months um, that really highlight uh, black and brown people in the tech space. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have the support of Northwestern Mutual. Um, you mentioned earlier that we have uh, Jet Constellations is pushing the Milky Way initiative, so uh, rebranding Milwaukee as the Milky Way. So you think of <laughs> California, you think of Silicon Valley, you think of Milwaukee, the Milky Way. We want um, individuals, black and brown, underrepresented folks to think, I want to go to the Milky Way, a place where I can thrive in the tech space. And again, just grateful to Northwestern Mutual for being a partner in that. Awesome, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The next, Sharon, I'll move on to you. As we're talking about diversity, and, you, and especially being at Northwestern Mutual, how do you, and for us as African-American women in this space, we may be a little bit, <clears throat> we may understand this term a little bit more because we're experiencing it, but how do we, or how do you handle being the unicorn or the only one, kind of similar to what Adia was saying, where you go into the tech space, you're the only woman, you're mm -hmm. the only woman of color. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that um, just from a corporate perspective? Well, when I hear that question, I, I always think back on an experience I had, and I like to tell this story because it is true, one, and then, then secondly, it is one that really uh, propelled me, I would say, into my career of, uh, and driven, mm -hmm. driving me. And so in one of my, um, former jobs, I actually was going for a position of leadership. And I went into the office and to interview uh, for this particular job. And when I sat down and I had the conversation, it was an older white guy. And he told me, there's three reasons why you will not get this job. He said, one is because you're black. <laughs> Two, because you're a woman. And three, because you're young. And so that was very early in my career and very early in my development as far as my leadership development. And so I took that, that really took me and drove me. Now, a lot of you thinking like, what did you do with that, right? <laughs> so what, I don't believe I remembered anything that man said after he said that. <laughs> 
in that interview because one, I was not expecting that from him. Um, but I do recall walking out of that office and in my own mind thinking, okay, what do you do with this information, right? Do you go to HR, right? Do you let them know what you experienced, right? And so this is early, and this is, oh, okay, I, I, know, I may not look my age, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say this was in the early 90s. <laughs> So, um, right, right, but (laughs) experiencing that, right, and you know, if if you're a part of that era, right, you, my mother taught me, you choose your battles, right, Mm -hmm. and so knowing that I was early in my career, Mm -hmm. that was not a battle I wanted to fight, because it definitely is bigger than I am, and so I continue to have those types of experience through my life and through my career, and what I have determined is that even at Northwestern Mutual, and I've been here for 14 years, and even being here at Northwestern Mutual, what I, if I continue to focus on me being the only, mm-hmm. if I continue to focus on me being the only woman, the only person of color in any environment, I rob myself of being the best that I can be in that environment. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> so, you know, so when you're in a situation like that, because I'm sure many of you in here have been the only woman, have been the only man, have been the only man of color or even the only brown in an environment. And if you let that drive you, that will control you. And then the people around you will control you because a lot of the times they know exactly what they're doing. So um, I would say, and for me, I, like I said, it robs me of who I am and who I can be and, and being the best that I can be. And so I am a person of faith. And so I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of praying to God because I believe in him. And I know that in doing that, that, that has helped me tremendously in a lot of situations. Um, but on the flip side of that, um, having that experience with the, in, early in my career, those same people, white men, have also given me opportunities. They have come to me and said, I want you to take this opportunity because I feel you're the best person for this position. So it is a, it is a balance there. And you have to be confident in who you are and know who you are and work hard and be the best at any situation and then that takes care of everything else, and that's the way I believe. All right, all right, thank you. All right. Um, all right. You wanna say amen, I'm I wanna ahead. say amen, I'm trying to like, I wanna be like, yes. Amen. And we, yes. Have, we have preacher Tim here too, Pastor Tim. So yes, Tim, yes. Tim, I see the amen over his head. <laughs> yes, so next for, for Tiffany, for you then. We have a lot of young people on the phone and, and with us at NM. Based on, from a diversity perspective, or just now, just as your own personal perspective, what would you take, based on your work experience and life experiences, what would you tell your younger self? If you could talk to Tiffany 20 plus years ago, what would you tell yourself? That's a tough one, because there's learning in the journey. So mm-hmm. I like where I landed. So I learned a lot along the way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you say you wouldn't exchange what you've learned because you were supposed to learn it, right? So mm-hmm. you get something from each experience and move forward with it, build on it. Kind of like what Karen, Sharon dealt with. You build and you learn, you grow, you drive, right? Mm-hmm. But if I would go back, I would probably say plan more, research more. So I knew what field I wanted to be in, but I probably could have continuously researched, right? Everything changes, everything moves. And you can align it with hey, my interests and my ideas and my thoughts have changed. What aligns with this? I think I could have done that a bit more. And check, the plan is there, but it's meant to change. And plan, check, research. 
I, I didn't do that. I kind of moved with the flow, mm -hmm. which is okay too, because mm -hmm. it was a journey mm -hmm. and I made it here in the journey. Mm -hmm. All right, awesome, thank you. All right, Keisha, I'll go back to you. Um, this is more around experience, around career and leadership. Is there one person that had, or, or one, well, you talked about the real estate that kind of fostered this other sugar gamers. Is there any person or any other experiences that impacted kind of the direction that you're headed in now? Um, absolutely. Uh, so I'll, I guess I'll tell you guys this story. My grandmother, like I, I travel a lot, um, you know, all around and I travel so much that when I first started doing this, she was like, oh, you know, I'm just so worried about you and I'm so this, I'm so that. And I told her this, because uh, she worries. She just worries, worries, worries. She's always worried that I'm in danger. She's always worried <laughs> that someone's going to take advantage of me. She's always worried. And I'm just like, Grandma, I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I tell you guys this story because I realized something. I'm like, Grandma, you know, she had children when she was young. And she took not care of her children, and she took care of me. So that's like several generations of women. I'm like, Grandma, I'm going to do everything that you wanted to do, but couldn't because you put your energy into me. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother is my inspiration because like, I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family. I don't have anybody to ask for a business advice. I don't have infrastructure, family legacy, or family wealth. And I would like to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother is the inspiration for that. All right, awesome. All right, thank you. I think we're gonna get a lot of clap in here tonight. <laughs> it was awesome. All right, so thanks. So Adia, the next question I'll ask you is, um, what resources, so you have, you work a lot with the community and the corporations. What, what resources can you recommend other people to who wanna be more digital savvy or more computer literate? So I would say that it really starts with yourself. Um, you have to follow your curiosity. You go on um, you know, Facebook, you go on Instagram, Twitter, all these cool social media apps. You need to be more than just the consumer, boss of the producer, and ask yourself some questions, right? So if you're using these apps, it's, it's always useful to um, you know, figure out what you're curious about when, when using these apps. So start there. Um, when, you, when you figure out what, what you're curious about, you follow that follow that thread and and there's so much information we're in the information era right mm -hmm. so much information that is um it's not a good excuse to say that you know you don't have um enough money to get a university type education um khan academy um mm -hmm. like youtube mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you youtube for helping me graduate <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I, you know, I, I do a lot of recruiting myself, and when I see um, young folks that have a resume and it lacks, like, programming languages or something like that, I say, do yourself a favor and take a weekend or two off and just go on YouTube and type how to program an object-oriented or how to use Python, mm -hmm. data science, all that jazz, and it's right there at your fingertips. So... I, I mean, you have to just change your mindset from, do I want to continue to just be the consumer or do I want to be the producer and understand the, the value of technology and how it's driving our future even. Um, so you want to be a part of that. Um, so just continue to follow your curiosity. All right. 
-hmm. All right, we're, we're going to have to wrap up in a little bit because I want to leave time for Q&A. So I'll just ask Tiffany and Sharon these last two questions. I just want to just answer it briefly. Just going forward, how would you nurture other black women or people of color who are interested in technology? So kind of briefly, what would, what would, you, what would you say to be a mentor or to help others? So briefly, I keep it brief, but my, I do that even today, even in the, in the, in the, in the community. And one of the, my drives is to help people to embrace and not be intimidated by technology. So I would say really just, you know, as, as Keith, uh, Nadia, Nadia said, <laughs> Nadia said um, you know, follow your passion and really know what you're good at. And then, you know, with, with the world changing and the way we are today, you know, find an opportunity to thread technology in any type of field that you're in because it actually is there. You know, technology is in the is in medical field, is in is in legal, is, is everywhere. So find those opportunities to just thread technology and um, follow your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Tiffany, for you, for sure, start young. So I talk to my niece all the time about mm -hmm. technology. So she's actually going into cybersecurity. <laughs> she actually agreed to it. Yeah. Um, so when they have that interest, foster it. Um, don't have them shy away from it. Bring it up. Have it stay in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Start young for sure. And I would also say mentor and let people know, like she was saying, that it's a part of your everyday job, whether you want to call it out as that or not. Uh, example, my sister's a nurse and mm -hmm. she was a little intimidated when she was looking at job openings. And she's like, well, talking about this, they need an analytic person and they're working on a new system, but they need someone with nurse knowledge and, you know, coding. And mm -hmm. I said, don't you have that? And she's <laughs> like, but it's an IT area. Yes, it's still IT work, but they need nurse knowledge. So you can thread both together. You have to learn new systems to do charting. You have to, you know, so you're yeah. using it every day. So it's not that we can escape it, but trying to help people embrace it. Mm -hmm. Great, thanks. So we, the next slide we'll, we'll pull up. We'll have a place where you guys can text in questions. So if you want to ask the questions to our panelists here, Text to 22333 on your phone and then put AAERG and then just type a question. And so this goes also to our, our partners out there at, at Morehouse, at Howard, and also at UWM and Marquette. So we would love to hear from you and your thoughts, especially as you hear from our panelists on their journey. And if you have any questions for them, please let us know. While we're waiting for that, I'll just ask maybe um, Nadia, Nadia and Keisha <laughs> the same question about mentoring and paying it forward. Um, so I always say it's about the I can, I will, and I must moments. Um, these are the moments that I experienced throughout my STEM journey that were critical um, to, to me getting to where I am today. So the, uh, the I can moments is helping people to realize their I can, right? So a lot of young people don't realize that they can make it in computer science or in engineering tech space. Um, and, you know, helping them to realize that is through representation, right? So showing up sometimes is enough, right? In the classroom saying, hi, I'm Nadia Johnson, I'm a computer scientist, right? And all of a sudden they're asking questions. So helping them to realize that, yeah, you can be here as well. And then, um, the I will moments is the, the moments where you help them to commit, right? And I think that's kind of one of uh, where the corporations and big companies can help out with because it's one thing to recruit, but are you helping to retain? 
because I've been recruited to a lot of um, you know companies, and I didn't wasn't sure after um, you know having my internship if I wanted to stay there, if that space was safe for me or accepting of who I was, right? So you know I. Someone once approached me and said, tame your hair, right? That's not a space for us. That's <laughs> not Half a, of us is like. Right. So it's, it's not a space. That's not, uh, that's not creating an environment um, that makes people want to stay or feel like they're accepted, right? So helping them to commit to um, a, a journey in STEM is also important. And then there's the I must moments where, help, where you empower people to realize their, their actual value um, and unique contributions to this space. Um, and that, you know, they actually, not only do they, um, can they make it there, but they belong there because um, their contributions are so critical to the advancement of the space. So just overall empowerments in the I can, I will, and I must. Okay, awesome. Um, I uh, mentor a kid, uh, uh, teach a class called Intro to Futurism, because I feel like the conversation about interweaving tech and everything else that we do is imperative, it's urgent. Uh, it's not, you know, optional anymore. Um, for example, uh, I talked to a young girl and she's like, I want to be a model. Um, just so you guys know, computer generated images are becoming so sophisticated that the human eye can't tell what's fake and what's real. An example of this is deep fakes, uh, unreal engine, which is a video game engine just created a digital human called siren. And China has a digital human that is artificial intelligence ran uh, that you can barely tell is uh, a fake. So in the next three to five years, we can create digital humans that will not get pregnant, that will not gain weight, mm -hmm. that will not sash you about what clothes they can wear, that can be a model for you. They can represent your brand. So like we're still ha you know, having people think that like our, our whole job ecosystem is gonna be the same. Like technology is already here. Mm -hmm. So like I mentor these young people by letting them know that they have information at their fingertips. I mean, I'm just old enough to remember the library, mm -hmm. the card catalog, mm -hmm. the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, mm -hmm. you don't even have to type. You can speak into your phone and say, what is this, exactly. Google? Yeah, so there's exactly. no excuse. We cannot 100%. not yes. give these tr young people agency in letting them be responsible for them asking the right questions and teaching themselves. Like, I'm not going to say school isn't important. It's very important. But knowing how to learn is even more important because the technology is there. And again, there are demographics of people being left behind. So I, uh, I kind of push that home. I push the urgency home. And I ask the you know, young people what they want to do. And then I, I reverse engineer mm -hmm. how they get <laughs> <Yes>. there. <laughs> so like you want to be a, like, I want to be like Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian takes 30 people. And of those 30 people, majority of them have tech skills. Mm -hmm. They know Adobe Suite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trust me. They know digital marketing strategy. They know growth hacking. They know all of these things, algorithms to make sure that these people stay relevant. And it's not just, oh, someone's cute and they put on some lipstick, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, I think it's just, whenever I think about it, I'm just like, oh, they don't know. They have to know. They need to know. That's awesome. All right, thank you. We have a couple That's questions. Good. 
Right. Yes, yes, we do have a few questions here. <laughs> I'm going to pick one that I think everyone can answer um, in their own way. So one of the questions that was sent in was, what inspires you most about the future? Hmm. Any one of you can start that. Okay. I'm going to say what she just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the future, technology. Everything is technology. And um, what is this, what's inspiring me right now, I was just looking at, Tiff, uh, looking at Tiffany and was like, I'm so proud of these young ladies right here. Yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. <laughs> I am. So what's inspiring me is our younger generation that's actually getting it and understanding that we cannot leave our generation, our our browns our you know uh we can't leave each other behind we have to bring everybody along with us and i'm very inspired by listening to our young people who was, was very energy and actually giving back and own their own companies and i agree with you that there is i, I don't give my kids excuses i have 16 year old and a 20 years old and i don't give them an excuse at all technology is right here in front of you go i google everything use the internet for everything it's free um uh, instagram it's free. People, yeah. are, people yes. are building companies using Instagram. I mean, it's all at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So um, it's scary, though, because the future is scary because of the fact that how many people just really don't know what's out there and that um, if we don't really um, get connected in that, we can be left behind. So, mm -hmm. um, What inspires me about the future is that as this conversation expands, like technology includes more than just coding and programming. Mm -hmm. It includes creative thinking. Mm -hmm. And what that allows people to do is figure out their own path to success, which is a lot different from how industries used to work in the past, where you had to like move your way up in a system. You can learn how to do things differently in real time. And like that's something mm -hmm. that's super compelling to me because that gives us all an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like no one owns the virtual reality space. Like what is VR gonna look like? Mm -hmm. And any one of us can like come up with that idea that makes virtual reality a mass adopted industry. Uh, and like that for me as a, as a woman of color is incredibly important, especially as I talk to kids about tech because it's not, oh, you know, tech is a really compelling conversation. It is, but it also, like, no matter if you go to school or not, no matter if you come from poverty or not, you have, again, the University of Google. <laughs> exactly. And if you know, learn, can learn how to learn, you can pretty much do anything. Mm -hmm. Some of our, our most prolific people in tech mm -hmm. are not college graduates. Mm -hmm. They were creative innovators. They were inventors. And that's what tech gives us the space to do, any of us. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's nothing stopping us, no matter, you know, who tells us, like, you can't do it because you're a woman or, you know, you're a person of color or your orientation is this. It's like, you can work around that. You're like, okay, I'm going to just go the other way or I'm just going to go over you or through you or, you know, <laughs> it's, there's so many options now because technology has given us that. So I guess I'm more inspired because there's a lot of opportunity now and in the future there's going to be even more. It's just everything is like wide open and it's just a matter of taking advantage of it. So as long as we continue to inspire, mentor, uplift people, gain the interest, as long as we can get them to understand that it's just not coding, that it's analyzing data, it's problem solving, mm -hmm. it's being creative. Um, a lot of people just think, oh, I have to sit in a cube and I have to code and 
it's graphic design in some cases. So it just depends on what you can latch onto that ties to their interests and then move forward from there. But it's wide open and I think that's huge. Yeah, I, I echo everything that they said. I think that the most inspiring and exciting thing is just the amount of access we all have, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, a, a level playing field almost. And um, to Keisha's point, it's just like, you know, no excuse, right? If you know how to query into Google or YouTube, right? So you say Google University, I say YouTube University. Google, <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. That's true, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. true. It's like, it's like um, I, I'm not sure how you could, um, you could give a valid excuse as to why you can't do something. So uh, it's just allowing people to create um, and, and more of us will be able to um, just leverage technology to be the creators that we're meant to be. So I'm very excited about that. Okay, awesome. Okay, Are there, is there any other questions, Rochelle, you wanna ask? So there was a question from a gentleman who said, how can I lean into being more supportive of black and brown women in, the tech, in tech and in the workspace? How would you feel the most supported by someone who doesn't necessarily look like you or has different opportunity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> what you say? Come with. Yeah. Um, first of all, just the acknowledgement. So a lot of times when you go in a room and it's just you, not everyone acknowledges that you're there. Acknowledgement as well as listening. So. A lot of times we are not heard, you know, with our solutions, our ideas. So I think first start with the acknowledgement. That's an easy one, right? Acknowledging you're in the room and listening. I think those are basics. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I don't need to pick anything up. I would say uh, show up, um, show up in the community. Um, right now we're trying to bring the community with us. We want to train and, and, and teach our young people and show up in a community that doesn't look like your own community. You know, show up in a, you know, at a, at a, at an organization that you can help bring um, young people and teach them. And, and if the person is in IT, what better than go to some of these high schools and actually talk to them about the technology and encourage them? So I think that would be uh, a way to show up and to help support because we're just bringing our our future with us. Mm -hmm. I, I'd say that you're you're off to a good start by asking. Um, because so many people like to um, recognize that there's a diversity problem here or there, but then um, get into a boardroom full of folks that look like them um, and then make a solution, right? So first off, thank you for asking um, the question, <laughs> for sure, because um, you know that's a great starting point. And then there's just trust and commitment. Um, so when you know an underrepresented individual comes to you with an idea, Trust them, right? And don't don't let your implicit bias take over, mm -hmm. um, because you know when you trust somebody that doesn't look like you, then you're um, you're taking a step back and amplifying them, which helps. That that's supportive. And then there's a the commitment part, right? I don't want to hear because we've heard it a, a trillion times over. Um, there's a diversity problem, and we want to we want to fix it. No, you need to show that you want to fix it with your actions. Um, so you know, it's it's not just uh, small solutions, but large scale solutions that need to be put into place um, that sort of break down the systemic uh, racism um, and oppression that's um, taken place in these areas. Um, so it, 
don't don't have a solution that pacifies you. Ha have a solution that um, progresses us. Mm -hmm. Money, time, resources, <laughs> tangible, tangible things. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, right now we're living in a world where people get, I just recently learned this term, ally cookies. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I help people. And like, you get to say that because you were nice to somebody that was different from yourself. But what really makes a difference is in, in, in these you know, uh, situations where people are underserved or underrepresented or underacknowledged is putting your time, your money, and your resources behind what you claim to believe in. If you really believe in it, you'll put some of all the abundance that you might have from your privilege mm -hmm. as a man or as a you know non-person of color mm -hmm. uh, to prove, not prove, but to, to like help, <laughs> you know? Yes. So uh, yeah, money, time, and resources. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I think that's going to wrap up. I don't know if we have one more question maybe in the room, and then we need to wrap it up okay um hold on um my daughter right now is part of a coding team at a local high school and she's already at 15 experiencing non-inclusion to the point where she wants to give up i don't want her to give up i came here today specifically with the opportunity to ask you for advice that i can give to her to not give up on this what can, how, what can she do to help her um, while she's not being included within just kind of this culture of code, which you hear so many women going through. Mm -hmm. She's already going through it at 15. Mm -hmm. uh, what does your daughter want to do? Does she, have, does she have an idea of what she wants to do when she gets older? After she graduates from high school? I took down your information because she likes gaming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she's way smarter than me. Mm -hmm. So I think she's, and she also likes art and design. She definitely has a natural affinity for technology. So I think she's trying to figure that out. Well, I mean, one of the things that I say to people, because, um, you know, we have this narrative, especially, or at least, I've heard this narrative as a woman of color, like, oh, you've went through so much oppression, it's so hard, and so on and so forth. But to excel at anything, excellence is going to make you stand out. Mm -hmm. So her commitment to being excellent, even though it's hard, is going to make her successful. And if she really understands that part, that she's going to have these problems in come at her in different ways, in different forms, all throughout her life. It never ends. Mm -hmm. So she has to take that deep breath and commit to her own excellence and her own success and not mm -hmm. let anybody like shut her down. Because like that's the that's that's what we fight against. But the unintended consequence of that is positive, which is that she's going to be better and more resilient than some of her peers. So like regardless of whatever she wants to do, if she is a gamer, then she already knows how to lose. Because in order to get good at a game, you have, you have to, to play over and over yeah. and over and over and over again until you're good. Mm -hmm. So she can't get discouraged because it's hard right now. She can still do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I want to thank. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Demons. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to add, um, add to that. Um, I mean, echo everything that Keisha said. 
um, but also don't always strive to be included. You're unique and embrace that uniqueness, right? Um, so, I mean, those folks that don't want to include you, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, you're great. You're great. You're unique. Um, and you have a lot to offer. As long as you remember that, be in your own lane. That's yeah. where the gold is. <laughs> and she's, she, she's responsible for her own success. Exactly. Yeah. She is responsible for her own success. And it is hard. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. I want to thank you guys. We could probably go all day after this, but I know we have to kind of, kind of shut it down now, but I'm just going to give our panelists a round of applause here. Thank you. As I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of amazing things going on in the city as it relates to tech, two of which I'll note right now. So Jack Constellations will be hosting a monthly meeting called the Milky Way Meetup that allows for everyone in the tech ecosystem in Milwaukee to come together to talk about all things tech and brainstorm on some amazing ways that people can help in the efforts of diversifying Milwaukee's tech scene and effectively transforming it into the Milky Way Tech Hub. Another exciting event that's coming up ahead is Hack a Pipeline. This is the first ever all-woman and non-binary hackathon in Milwaukee, hosted by Lift Up MKE. It's an amazing new startup that's looking to help underrepresented folks find their place in the tech space here in Milwaukee. Jack Constellations is a proud partner of this event. I myself will be a judge, and I'm so excited for this event and hope that you'll take the opportunity to register. That's all we have for you today. As always, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook, Jack Constellations and Down to Mars Podcast. Down to Mars Podcast functions as a platform for Jet Constellations Milky Way Initiative to rebrand Milwaukee as the Milky Way Tech Hub, a tech hub that thrives on diversity. If you're interested in supporting diversity in tech, please donate by visiting our website, downtomarsmke.com. Until next time. <laughs>